Welcome to the Infertile Mafia. That's Sarah. And that's Kayla. Today we're talking about my string of pearls. So we're going to start with... PCOS. Yeah, PCOS. That I guess that didn't really make sense since I didn't say PCOS. <laughs> Otherwise affectionately known as my string of pearls. Yes. I mean, I've never called it that, but... It does look like a string of pearls. Your ovaries look like they have a string of pearls in an ultrasound around the outside. I think maybe all women diagnosed with PCOS should have their own real string of pearls. I have some pearls, actually. Do you? Yeah. (laughs) And they're they're dark colored pearls, actually. I have them in my backpack sitting right beside me, randomly. Remember, we're in our closet, girls and boys. I keep my jewelry in my closet, too. Well, mine's just in my backpack. See? Oh. Oh, they're lovely. Can Those you are hear pretty. Them? <laughs> I had them in my backpack for the wedding to wear. Oh, I should put nice. them in a jewelry box or something. But anyway. Nice. Anyway. So we have some business to attend to. We do. Yes, um, and that is our sock giveaway winner, which we uh, have a yeah. winner. We've been talking about this every episode up until now. That's right. So, That's right. do you want to tell them who won? Yes, we. Yeah, we picked a winner. Um, the name. I don't. How do you call it? The name. The handle. I don't know what you. What's the uh, little nickname that you have to put in? I when think you it's nickname or, because someone said. Yeah. Why do I need a nickname? Why do I need a nickname? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. So the name of the winner is Lil Val Venus. Isn't that, is that how you would say it, Sarah? That's how I would say it. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to read what she wrote. She said, just what I need. I've been TTC for over 10 years and sometimes I don't want to hear from people, experts or doctors or psychologists. It's awesome to listen to a couple of women who are just like me telling it like it is. It feels like I'm talking to a friend, which I definitely and desperately need. Thank you for this podcast. Thank You're you welcome. for that review. Oh. And thank you for the review. <laughs> Yeah, no, we love that because I feel like that embodies exactly what we're trying to do. Like that was part of our motivation is we didn't want to be too clinical or too experty. Obviously, you guys know we make mistakes all the time. We have no idea what we're talking about. So (laughs) and when I talk, I make mistakes just in general, just in general. (laughs) Yes. Just speaking in general, we make Mm -hmm. lots of mistakes. So, yeah, we just wanted to be like your friend that you can vent to and talk to about this stuff. So that's um, thank you for that review. That's awesome. And if you guys um, if you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate and review. It's really uh, we've said this before, but it's really the best way to get to get the word out about us. And even if you don't um, listen on an Apple product, an iPhone, or you don't listen through iTunes, if you can just go to Apple Podcasts in iTunes or on your app on your phone, if you do use an iPhone, and just rate us and review us there, you can go back to listening on whatever you normally listen to. But that's the best place to put a review to sort of like generate buzz about the podcast. Well, I know that you can follow us on Podbean, too. I don't know if they do reviews or not. But I don't think they do. I don't know. You but can yeah. follow us on there. Yeah. Anyway, we really appreciate all of the reviews and the ratings. It's it's awesome to get that feedback from you guys. And it's great. Because it's already, I know people, especially in our Facebook group, if you're not part of our Facebook group, group, join that as well. It's a closed Facebook group called The Infertile Mafia. And a lot of people have been telling us that they found us doing just a search in iTunes or in the um, podcast app in iTunes. And so those reviews help people find us that way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, Sarah. Yes. Oh, we have one more piece of business. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. We often, after every episode, we'll get some feedback usually from someone about this or that thing that we talked about, right? Right. So after the last episode that we just released about um, 
What did we talk about? <laughs> Female diagnostic testing. And at the end, we talked about our favorite drinks. I was going to say, we, we talked about drinks. Yeah, we talked about booze, boozing it up. And we, we talked about having an Infertile Mafia meetup. And you may or may not have suggested the Budweiser. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Guys, we, we have never... I've gotten a lot of feedback about Sarah's suggestion of going to Budweiser. I don't understand this. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's because, Sarah... People that drink beer and really like beer, they don't want to go fundraiser. I'm just not a very good hipster. I think that's what it is. Like I have do people even say hipster anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. When it was popular a couple years ago. Oh sure. You know, with yeah. the beer and the coffee and whatever else. Yeah. I think that's still a thing. Yeah. I mean, beer and coffee are still a thing. <laughs> I'm just, like, not cool enough, I guess. Oh, I'm not either. But I, and yeah, I am a little bit of a beer snob. I'll admit that. <laughs> so Peter likes I trying different beers. I just thought it was beers. funny. Do yeah, I? so Peter can come, too. Husbands are invited. Yeah, that'd be so Spouses, fun. Spouses, partners are invited. That would be super fun. I just thought it was funny that we have a podcast about infertility and we talked about beer one time <laughs> and then it generated quite a buzz. So <laughs> was that a pun? I just. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so I just want everyone to know that when we do have our infertile mafia meetup, we'll, we will, excuse me, we will pick a quality microbrew. Or a winery. Hey, let's just go to a winery because I feel that. like everyone can agree Appreciate. that going to go. wineries is fun and makes you feel fancy. It does make you feel fancy. Huh. Anything, yeah. any kind of anything you drink out of a glass, like a wine glass, you automatically feel fancy. And you yes. know, out of a fancy glass. There's, anyway, okay. There's so, some wineries around me if we want to have a meet up here. Um, I'm down for it. Let's do it. I'll just say Let's this. Just I live at the Lake it. of the Ozarks. Oh, Not there gonna you be go. secretive about it. But Secrets out. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple wineries and they're really good. And there's a lake. So, I mean, yeah. you could just come to the lake, have fun. We'll have the meetup. You can like go do your thing with yeah. your husband. And Let you know. us know if you if you uh, if an infertile mafia meetup sounds intriguing to you. I think that would be so fun. Or we could do no it. No Budweiser allowed. Okay. Or we could do it more <laughs> north, like towards we'll, Chicago. We'll work out the details. Yeah. yeah. But that sounds super fun. <laughs> anyway, I think we talked about okay. this long enough. <laughs> we did. Yes. Let's move on to the meat of the article. PCOS. Okay. I'm going to describe what it is and give some general facts and then I'm basically just going to sit here and twiddle my thumbs and turn it over to Sarah because <laughs> she knows all there is to know about PCOS. Because I have PCOS. Because she has PCOS. So I'm going to get us started and then I'm going to pass it off to you Sarah. Sounds okay, good. PCOS stands for Polycystic Ovarian Syndrome which I don't think we've ever actually said on the podcast. We just call it PCOS. I liked my version that I put on Instagram. Probably can't ovulate. Shit. <laughs> that's that's what I see when I see PCOS. All right, it's the most common hormonal disorder among women of reproductive age. It's also the most common infertility diagnosis among women in reproductive age. So. Uh, what happens is PCOS causes a woman to produce excessive amounts of androgens, which are male hormones, think testosterone, and this causes insulin resistance. And this insulin resistance disrupts this very delicate balance of your other hormones, your FSH hormone, your luteinizing hormone, the hormones that are responsible for growing and releasing your eggs. So the result is that you have a small cyst formed in the ovary and that just and you either ovulate irregularly or sometimes not at all. 
did I kind of get mostly right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so you have a bunch of cysts in your ovary. Right, right, like, right, right. A bunch of little ones. Correct. All the time. Hence the pearl, the string of pearls. Yeah. All the time. Right. And I think the the biggest eff- the biggest effect on your health and not just your fertility but your general health if you have PCOS is the insulin resistance it boils down to that like that's what's really causing all the problems yeah so insulin is what helps convert glucose into energy which is what like when you eat something your body turns it into glucose right Right. And then that is turned into energy. Well, when you eat carbs, it's sugar turned and carbs, into glucose. Right. So when it can't be easily converted, your body creates even more, and then yeah, now more you have insulin. This, more insulin, correct? Yes. And now you have this high amount of insulin, and that's what causes an increase in testosterone, which then causes the things we just talked about, like not ovulating or immature follicle development, stuff like that. So I think of it like, you know how this is a morbid way to think about it, but like a drug addict who starts off, they can just like take one hit of heroin a day and get their fix. But then eventually they have to keep increasing the dose because their body becomes used to this amount in their system. And it's the same way with insulin in your body. So... It, that's why it becomes resistant the more you keep pumping it full of glucose. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it needs to create even more. Like so insulin's like your drug that you keep needing more and more of. Carbs and are the enemy. Carbs are the enemy. <laughs> Basically. Carbs and sugar. Well, sugar yeah. is carbs. Are right. carbs? Sugars are carbs? <laughs> <laughs> right. But so yeah, I, just I mean, there's different kinds of carbs. Right. Some are better than others. Yeah. yeah. The ones that I like are the worst. Me too. Pasta. Oh, man. I got <sighs> lobster pasta last night. Oh, that sounds good. But it was your birthday. Yeah. So. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So just a few facts. And I got this from PCOSnutrition.com, which as far as I can tell, looks like a pretty good website. Um, Okay, so globally, PCOS affects 1 in 10 women, which, again, makes it the most common diagnosis of infertility. Um, And that's approximately 40% of women diagnosed with infertility. So it's a lot of us. Yeah. Um, The the diagnostic criteria, criteria for PCOS states that a woman has it if she has at least two of the following criteria. So irregular absent periods. A blood test that would show, you know, high levels of testosterone, polycystic ovaries, um, which is what we were just talking about, like lots of small follicles. So you have, and then there's a few other ones, but those are the main three that are pointing towards PCOS. Did they have other ones PCOS. on there? I know that Not, there's different criteria, like, you know. Yes. For many there things. Is. There's different right, criteria. Right, which we will get into the, when when we talk about how it affects your fertility Yes, it didn't. It did not mention other ones in this list, but I know there are more. <laughs> you know what I think caused PCOS? Like, did our ancestors have PCOS? Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they did, and they didn't know what to call it, or they weren't eating complex. They weren't eating carbs. Well, there's that. They were eating meat and greens. But my my doctor um, had the OG keto diet. Yeah. My doctor, Dr. Grant, thinks like he he wanted to start like a whole thing like and put information out there about it. Like I, I guess he didn't. I don't know. But we talk about PCOS a lot when I go in uh, for my pregnancy appointments. Like my doctor is the smartest person. <laughs> but he. So does he have a theory? Yeah. He thinks that it was caused by um, BPA. Like in the fifties, like seals in cans that our grandmothers ate, and so Mm -hmm. they were getting all these toxins. And then um, in studies with mice, I guess it gets worse as it goes down the generations. Mm -hmm. Like 
the yeah so we can thank our grandma interesting perspective but we also eat way more processed food than our grandmothers so i mean i think you probably you have to take that into consideration too and there's a lot more toxins like um oh receipts all these things like you that you get from buying something yeah yeah oh (laughs) um the paper little piece of paper bpa in it oh sure i mean bpa is like unavoidable it is and it's it everywhere. disrupts your hormones. Yeah. I think my mom... Something to think about. I'm pretty sure my mom has PCOS or did. Yeah, from the way what you describe, it sounds yeah. like. Which, which, by the way, it is hereditary. So, yeah. Like, she didn't get pregnant with someone me in your for family. two years. There you go. And then she lost some weight and got pregnant. <laughs> that, <laughs> which as is as simple as that. Bad stereotype to, like... Push, I know, you know? Too. right, right. That but, all you have to do is lose weight and you'll get pregnant, but not necessarily. Not exactly that simple. I'm sorry, <laughs> I interrupted you. So go on. <laughs> no, it's all good. I'm almost, I'm almost done. Okay. So, but this, but this plays into my next point, which was that it's confusing and it's misunderstood because it's not entirely like it doesn't really fall into this very tight square, you know. So it's it's not. So you might have regular periods or you may not have excess cysts or you may not have like some of the other symptoms like excess hair growth or acne or you may not be overweight and you may still have um, other signs of PCOS or you may still have effects of insulin resistance in your body, you know, and that's why it's like it's very confusing and misunderstood and something that you, the patient, should advocate for yourself and you know your body the best. So... Just because your doctor doesn't necessarily prescribe you with official PCOS doesn't mean that you may not have some level of insulin resistance and you can't do some things to change that and improve your ovulation and egg quality. But some people are misdiagnosed with PCOS, too. A lot, actually. Because it's like, oh, you've got acne, you must have PCOS. No, it's based on, it's a a lot of time it's overweight, like obese. sure? obesity like based on that they're like you have pcos when like being misdiagnosed doesn't help you get pregnant no if that's not your issue like they're like oh yeah you have pcos and then they go that direction when it's something else like Mm -hmm. you have a weird gene (laughs) right right or it's like if you would just lose weight you would get pregnant and then that's where your focus is and it could be a bunch of other things that also need to be addressed like okay yeah maybe i do need to lose weight and that would help my fertility but that may not be the only thing that's I mean, eating healthy is always a good thing like i can't God, see it it's being always a, bad a good thing, thing. but right. it would be disappointing to be like i lost weight now what <laughs> right <laughs> so so PCOS, like if we if we look at it from the larger perspective of how it's like not just affecting your fertility, but your overall health. I some of these statistics kind of were I don't know, I didn't I these were things I didn't know. One of them being by age 40, 40 percent of women diagnosed with PCOS will develop pre-diabetes or diabetes by age 40, 40. And so diabetes is obviously very common later in life with uh, women some women diagnosed with PCOS as is endometrial cancer and that's because of irregular periods and inconsistent shedding of endometrial lining and then lipid abnormalities which women with PCOS seem to have um, and that that increases your risk of cardiovascular disease like hypertension heart attack stroke things like that so that's why it's like what I talked about when we, when we did male fertility and I said, if your husband's sperm is less than stellar, it could be pointing to a larger, you know, bodily function issue or some other health issue. And it's the same thing here. So it's not, you know, your body works as a team. Everything's working together. It's not in little compartments. So it's something to pay attention to because of your overall health and not just your fertility. Right. So, yeah. But then, okay, I have one more fun fact. Okay. 
it's not all bad. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, so women with PCOS have more testosterone, right? So that means we're that more level headed. Right. (laughs) Yeah, you think like a man. (laughs) That means because you have more testosterone, it means you can build muscle easier than women without PCOS. So, hold on. I feel like. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm taking my shirt off. Look at my muscle. Uh It's getting hot in here. How often do you how often do you lift weights, Sarah? I lift Bjorn a lot. (laughs) That's like a forty pound weight right there. He's he's only almost thirty, but I did build muscle from lifting him up, and I was like, look at my muscle. Oh yeah. So you're saying (laughs) I should get into weightlifting? Well, no. This is what I took away from that fun fact. Not only would well, I mean, I feel like that's great. Like w- for women that like to work out and build muscle, that's cool. But my first reaction to that, to reading that was I thought, I wonder if every female superhero has PCOS. <laughs> Maybe. So I'm just going to pretend like Wonder Woman and Catwoman. <laughs> what are all the female superheroes? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I'm not into well, there's comic something. books. <laughs> yeah. So I just think because the female superheroes are so strong and dominant, it's because they must have PCOS, right? I mean, it could be. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. So what I'm trying to say is you guys are superheroes. Uh, okay. Do you remember <laughs> Christy from Conceive a Baby? Yes. I loved Christy. I love her, too. Um, I remember her saying, like, I learned so much from her. I wish she still had her videos up. Uh, I remember her saying that she's not as emotional as, like, she could be because she has PCOS. And I was like, me, too. (laughs) Like, I'm two speeds emotion-wise. Like, I'm either, like level usually right. I'm level like and you I don't, are pretty level I don't get super I'm mm-hmm. not excitable <laughs> which which can come off maybe cold I don't know but um or I'm like crying like if I'm crying mm-hmm. I'm crying but yeah she she said that and I was like yeah maybe that's <laughs> that's it makes some sense yeah yeah <laughs> that that would be an argument that I definitely do not have PCOS because I'm just like, woo, up and down, up and down. Here we go. Roller coaster. I'm also on Zoloft. So I think that also keeps me from like getting oh, yeah. angry. I'm sure that helps. Like being irrationally angry at stupid uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because that's really yeah. fun. Yeah. So <laughs> there's that. I don't know. I like, describe that whole, it's like, I mean, it is a female, it's like a stereotypically female thing to do, female hormone thing to do. And I hate it because it's like, I describe it like you're, when you're drunk and you know you're being stupid and you just can't <laughs> stop yourself. Oh, That's man. how I feel at least one or two days, like, before, like when I'm PMSing, I'm just like, I am such a crazy psychotic person, but I can't stop yeah. Oh, I'm like, when I'm just starting to drink, I'm fun and I want to be friends with everyone. <laughs> I make friends with all the girls. And then when I've drank too much, then I cry. Oh. <laughs> so when we go to the vineyard, we need to keep you right at that. Right at the right amount. After the sweet and I start spot. seeing crazy things that aren't even true. <laughs> and then my friends play the, do you remember what you did last night game? Oh, I don't uh, like that game. I don't like that game either. Like, do you remember what you said? <laughs> like, no, and I don't like, want to know the crazy yeah. <laughs> thing I said. I don't drink that much. Let me put the. I want to <laughs> like. It sounds like we're alcoholics. <laughs> I know we've we're... talked now twice and pretty extensively about alcohol. We... Alcohol is bad. No, I no mean, in it's, moderation. It's fine Everything in moderation. In moderation. 
And yes, I haven't like drank to a drunk place in a long time. Well, I would hope not since you're pregnant. <laughs> well, yeah. I haven't drank at all since I've been pregnant. But <laughs> good. Okay. So, anyway, back Sarah, to PCOS. Yes. Tell me about some signs and symptoms, other symptoms. Okay, so the signs and symptoms, I'm just going to read off a website instead of, like, talking personally. (laughs) Um, This is prevention.com, and this is six signs you might have polycystic ovary syndrome. I guess it's not ovarian syndrome. I've seen it both ways. Yeah, so so, uh, your cycles are irregular which we all know. Uh, You're an adult, but you can't just shake your acne. Mm. So most of the time this acne is hormonal, so it's along your chin area, wouldn't you say? I don't know. I don't... That... I don't I I don't have acne as an adult, and I don't know what it looks like specifically in women with PCOS, but I had it severely as a teenager... So Mm -hmm. I wonder if, because that was another thing I read was like an early sign that you might have PCOS is acne when you're young. So I did um, not have that. No. Mm -mm. But I, and I had it everywhere. So I don't really know. Yeah. I mean, I took Accutane twice. That's crazy. Yeah. It was that bad. Ouch. So I had a major hormonal imbalance happening. (laughs) Teenagers. Yeah, but I don't, I know, being a teenage girl with cystic acne is about as bad as it gets. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Rough. No wonder, yeah. no no wonder my physics lab partner wouldn't hook up with me. Oh, it was your acne. It wasn't your it personality. Was <laughs> you had a great personality. Of course I did. Duh. Um, so anyway. <laughs> yeah, when I get acne, it's just like on my chin. And along mm-hmm. my, you know, beard line. <laughs> beard line. <laughs> which which is another symptom, is it yeah, not, Sarah? It is. But it's it's cystic acne. So it's not even something you can pop. Like you have yes. to or you can try to. But you should And it turns into a disaster. So Right. Yeah, there's that. Um there's your hair is growing in unexpected places. Like your stomach or your face, you know. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this hair growth is just like the peach fuzz hair growth you're talking about or actual like dark hair growth. I think it really depends on the person and the level of testosterone. So the higher the testosterone, you may see more hair growth. But it does. But again, like what I was saying earlier, it doesn't mean that just because, oh, I have a little bit of peach fuzz, that doesn't mean that maybe your testosterone isn't a little high. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because you don't have a beard doesn't necessarily mean that it would help to lower your testosterone levels. Yeah, I have peach fuzz, but I dermaplane, which is (laughs) a euthanism for shaving your face. (laughs) Dermaplaning is awesome, though. I would totally suggest getting it done if you're going to have a facial. That sounds interesting. You have to tell me more about it. You've never had it? No. They use a blade and they... Is it like microblading? No. They don't, like, scratch into your skin. They just... Okay. They use... It's almost like using a straight razor to shave your whole face. And they they just go, like... It's a surgical blade like i do it mm-hmm. at home like i got surgical blades from amazon oh jeez but i don't know if i i wouldn't suggest doing legal? it at home <laughs> i would go to a spa first have them do it so you can like get a feel for how they do it and then if you're a crazy person who would cut your own hair i could see you doing it I'm still reeling from the fact that you purchased surgical. What did you call them? Surgical blades. <laughs> oh, blades? They're, no, they're surgical on scalpels, Amazon. and they're number ten. Oh, that's better. <laughs> so, if you're searching Amazon, it's number ten surgical scalpels. <laughs> wow, that's like, hmm. You know what? I need surgical scalpels. <laughs> Peter opened the box, and he's like, "I almost don't want to give these to you." 
Yeah. I feel like you're going to murder me. I'm like, no, I'm just going <laughs> to dermaplane my face. I'm going to turn into the female version of Dexter. Yes. But it's, yeah, totally do dermaplaning because it's awesome. Everyone should do it. It gets rid of dead cool. skin and makes your skin so smooth. Nice. But anyway. So excess hair growth. Excess hair, hair growth. Um, the next one is you can't get pregnant. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we all know that one. We've all, we, all, we all know that one. Uh, you're pre-diabetic or have type 2 diabetes. I've heard that one, too. Uh, you've gained weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, think back. Did you gain weight at some point in your life quickly and unexpectedly? Yes. <laughs> it was like I turned 19 and then I gained like 20 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Which, you know, I could have probably used. It was fine at that point, but then I just kept gaining. Sure. Because I used to be sure. about 105 and right now I'm 140. Okay. So. But you did have an area, a time that you had rapid weight gain. Yeah, a lot. I just started getting hungry. (laughs) (laughs) I was just hungry. And then I started, like, it wasn't like I just gained weight out of nowhere. Like, I was eating more. But. Sure. You had the the freshman 15, your sophomore, junior year, it sounds like. I was just so hungry. And it is all (laughs) in my stomach area. Mm. Which is, that's right where they say it's the most common yeah. with women of PCOS around your midsection. So even when I'm not pregnant, maternity clothes work great for me. <laughs> I still wear my maternity clothes. There's no I, shame. I just kept wearing the maternity jeans. You guys should try yeah. them. Even if you're not <laughs> pregnant, maternity jeans are Yeah, just go buy awesome. yourself some maternity jeans. They're so comfortable. They are. Because they yeah, have stretchy tops. Exactly. <laughs> and that's all this article says. Um, it says, mm-hmm. what can you do? Uh, you could check in with your doctor <laughs> for a blood test. Hey, I have one more to add. You do? If you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. That I found before you move on. So I also read that women with PCOS have like low grade inflammation. Oh. And that, that one matters to me because you know I'm the like ticking time bomb of inflammation. So. Yeah. Um, it it just said research has shown that women with PCOS have a type of low-grade inflammation that stimulates polycystic ovaries to produce androgens. So, and again, this can lead to heart, blood, and blood vessel problems, which can complicate your pregnancy later on, too. So, mm. it's another... If you are someone that knows that you have a lot of inflammation markers, that could also point to PCOS or vice versa. If you have PCOS, if you know you have PCOS, you might look into your inflammation levels. I just wanted to throw that in there. I'm actually on a low grade or low dose aspirin. Mm-hmm. I guess that is something that helps during pregnancy. Correct. To combat the PCOS problems. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's. I see that it's very common now, women. You, I did it. I took, but I also took like injectable blood thinners, Lovenox and heparin. Yeah. But I see a lot of women, but that's because I have a blood clotting disorder that just um, that are taking low dose aspirin. Their doctors are recommending it because so I do think it helps. I mean, every woman, even in a normal immune system, their immune system will spike during pregnancy. It does. Things do get a little bit hyperactive, mm-hmm. and that can sometimes mean restriction to blood flow restriction and but that's the same is true like with fertility like blood flow to your uterus blood flow to your um ovaries you need a good healthy flow (laughs) and so something like a low dose aspirin will help keep that keep the highway open yeah um so so how this affects your fertility it makes it hard to get pregnant, obviously, when you have PCOS. Um, and we're done. Yep. And that's it. That's it for the show. <laughs> um, it, I mean, you can't get pregnant if you're not ovulating. And then if you're not ovulating good quality eggs because of the androgen. How do you say it? Androgen. Yeah. You said it right. Did I say it right? Wow. Yeah. 
So the androgen, the androgen, whatever, androgen, like the testosterone, testosterone will overcook your eggs. If Correct. you have too much testosterone, you'd need testosterone to, yep. you know, mature your eggs. But if you have too much, then they'll be too mature. So it can bring down your egg quality. So there there are ways to maybe help that um, with diet and supplementation. Right. Yeah. So... I would suggest reading It Starts With an Egg. That's my favorite egg book. The dogs are barking. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I bet there's some deer outside. That sounds like deer barking. <laughs> deer barking. Yes, because the deer, they just stayed out there. They don't even care that the dogs are barking at them. <laughs> The deer get the dogs all riled up. That's funny. And they don't even care. And then I go out there. I'm like, get out of here. They stare at me and then they kind of jump away. They're not afraid of you either. No. They're like, whatever. We own this place. <laughs> like, this land is my land. <laughs> You're the intruder. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so, do you have any articles on how to treat PCOS. Uh, I do have one that I found uh, that I will talk about, but I think the most, before I do that, correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, but you kind of have two, two ways you can treat it naturally and then with like medication and supplements. Right. But if you're going the natural route, your options are like weight loss through a uh, a diet that's going to be better for you that's going to decrease your insulin resistance. Low carb diet. So that's diet. why a low carb diet, that's why we've talked about like the keto diet before or the paleo diet or th these diets that are low in complex carbs and sugar and stuff like that. Which I did the and keto diet before we did our second round of IVF for that's right. three months. Because you, you need you to do weight? stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I lost. Uh, 15 to 20 pounds. Whoa. In three months? In about five months. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And it, yeah, I didn't do that this time. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> let myself go after I had Bjorn. <laughs> but I mean. That's if, awesome though. If you're going to do IVF, you might as well prepare months in go advance. Go all the way. For it. Right. I also took a lot of supplements. Mm -hmm. um, like vitamins and such. Yeah, like CoQ10. I took 800 mm -hmm. milligrams a day of that, which is a lot. And vitamin D and other stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, Sarah and I have talked about this like privately. I'm just going to go ahead and out us right now because it bugs us like <laughs> that you see some, it seems like a lot of, I'm not going to put words in doctors' mouths, but you see cases where it seems like, oh, let's just jump straight to IVF without treating the patient first. Yes. And we both believe like, okay, yes, that might be true. You might still need to do IVF. And in, bo in both of our cases, yeah. that was going to happen anyway. But before you do that, if you're going to invest so much of yourself, so much of your time, so much of your money, so much of your emotional and physical self... Why not do everything that you can do to get the best outcome? And just because you do IVF doesn't mean you're going to get a ton of eggs. And if you get a ton of eggs, it doesn't mean they'll be great quality. And just because you have a bunch of sperm doesn't mean they're going to be able to, you know, my point is that you want to do the, you want to get as healthy as possible ahead of doing fertility treatments because that's going to help you have the best outcome. Right, Sarah? Yeah, you need <laughs> to do your part too. I mean, it, it also makes you feel better mentally because you feel like you are actually doing something instead right. of sitting back and letting it happen to you. Sure. So I felt better the second time around. I was like, I did everything I could to make this work. And if it doesn't work, it's not my fault, you know, mm -hmm. besides the obvious, but 
like no, I did everything right. I could to make this work and if it doesn't work then we'll do something else but you I mean I think you would feel better knowing that you prepared all you could and like sacrificed good food for well I mean good tasting food you know like <laughs> right and alcohol and you know whatever else like you sacrificed right. having these things to you know better your egg quality right and the sperm quality taking I think that's a great point of like you're this is something you can actually control there's so much of this that you can't control and that is one thing you can control you can control your level of activity and what you put in your body and it's just that thing of like taking control of your fertility or uh, taking back control of some of it instead of it feeling just so out of your control that is one thing you can do so and like you said then you'd have no regrets yeah you'll know that you did everything you could yeah the first time around I was like I'm young I can do whatever I want and everything will be good and I'll get pregnant and I did not get pregnant the first time around I was I was like 140 at the time and I was, and you didn't even have any blasts make it, right? No, no, no blasts made it. And they were just like, these are the eggs of a 25-year-old. Like, The embryologist mm-hmm. couldn't believe it. And when he's like met me, he was like, whoa, you're not 40? <laughs> mm. And so, yeah, I was like drinking Coke every day, still doing, you know, whatever I wanted. Then the second time I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Because (laughs) you took you took some control back. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I have PCOS, so I can't do that if I want good like just to get just to get two blasts. Well, to get one and a morula. (laughs) I did all that. So, I mean, you might not necessarily get a whole bunch putting the work in, but you'll get, you know, you'll get. It's Some, not going to hurt. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And it's not going to hurt. Oh, it's it, not going to hurt. And no. eating what you want could hurt. Yeah. You know, don't so. drink Coke every day. <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> speaking of things you can control, the other thing you can do naturally is exercise. Mm-hmm. And guys, full disclosure, I hate it. <laughs> Me too. I just. I hate it, and I know I'm not alone out there. I know there's lots of other people that, and I, I just don't get these people that are like health nuts and they all they want to do is exercise. I, I wish I had that kind of energy, and but I don't. And so, for me, it helps because doctors say that about everything. If you exercise and ate better, so I'm like, I wanted to find out specifically what is it about exercise that helps PCOS. And that's the article I was going to cite, which is from PCOSDietSupport.com. And it has an article about the benefits of exercise specifically for PCOS. So I would encourage anyone that's interested to go read that article because it did make some good points. Um, And just I'm not going to get into all the minutia of it, but... It's really, it, it's giving you reasons why exercise specifically is good. It's mostly, again, it's going to bring down that insulin resistance. That's really what it all comes back to. And it also brings down chronic inflammation, which I just talked about, which is very common in women with PCOS. So, I mean, and it's just good for you. <laughs> it's just good for you. So but I don't want to do it. I know. I don't want to do it either, but it is good for you. So take control these are things you can do naturally take control of what you're eating and and exercise just move even if it's just 30 minutes three times a week that's maybe going to be better than what you're already doing it's better than what I'm already doing so and these are things you can do and they they may not cost you much you know so these are things you can take control of but in terms of medication and supplements, which would be our next point to talk about, and there's a lot. So I don't know that we want to get into every single thing, but I wanted to touch on probably the ones that are most common for PCOS. Um, 
So if you're not trying to get pregnant, Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong. So this is like if you're a teenager and you go see the doctor and you're like, I haven't had a period in six months. What's he going to do? Probably put you on on birth control. Birth control. Right. But I want to. I caution. (laughs) Right. No, I think we're on the same page here. I caution. Don't you caution? I caution. I think that just masks the problem. Exactly. Like that's why I brought it up. Actually, treat the problem instead of putting a bandaid on it. Yes. Some birth control, so you don't have anything going on. (laughs) Exactly. No, you. She just took the words right out of my mouth. But I bring it up because. And I say that in a good way. We're like, we're just like clicking. We are just. <laughs> you need to record no, video with this so we can. I know we should because nobody saw what I just did right now. <laughs> um, but it's such a common thing that they do, especially for teenagers. And I don't know that it's the best solution because like I you said, it's just putting a Band-Aid and. Secretly, they're wanting the teenager to not get pregnant. <laughs> I feel that like might be true in some, some of the time, it, like if their dad knows or like maybe both parents are like, I need it because I have PCOS hmm. <laughs> and I want to let my boyfriend come inside of me. OK, so <laughs> we're just, oh, geez. I mean, PCOS is the reason I'm getting on it. But right. I mean, birth control can really, I think coming from from the infertility community we're kind of very much i think most people are very much against birth control like the hormones <laughs> well Not, yeah like, most people who are infertile are against birth control well they're like why was i on birth control for 10 years i know we hold a grudge against birth control but I'm like damn you i mean <laughs> it can mess your system up it can't. There, there are long-term effects. There, there. Excuse me. There are lasting effects of long-term usage of birth control. Yeah. That's something like if you're a teenager and you're listening, that is something you need to pay attention to. Like use if a you're condom. 15 right now. Yeah. <laughs> or don't have sex <laughs> when you're 15. I feel like that's like that's good advice, but most teenagers, if they want to have sex, are going to do it. Right. But don't just don't get on birth control just to have sex is yeah, what we're don't saying. Do that. No. So and it's um it's as I've been reading about endometriosis, same thing. Covering up a band aid or a band aid covering up a much, much, much larger problem. Yeah. So I don't like this idea of slapping birth control on this much larger systemic problem in your body. So Especially a teenager going in there, like most of the time, they're just starting all this, and mm-hmm. it hasn't been going on for a while. Like, maybe if you catch it early and try to, yeah. that's okay. Uh, we haven't talked about this on the show before, but uh, Nat Pro technology. Oh yeah, we've talked okay. about it per- personally like we've, though. We've talked about it not on the show, like right. Not officially. I like that it would look for the cause of the problem. Like, I feel like it would be good for um, beginning steps with infertility or even just like teenage, like, you know, if you're having some sort of issue going the nap pro technology route. Maybe you should explain kind of what it is in case somebody doesn't know. So... (laughs) They say <laughs> they treat <laughs> the root cause instead of just doing infertility treatments, which, you know, I think is a good thing. Specifically, uh, but this is a specifically fertility treatments. It's not like a overall health thing. Like NatPro technology is a, is a, I mean, and they cater to infertile people. Yeah, but I also feel like it's religious propaganda. <laughs> there, she said it. <laughs> so, they like on some of their websites, I can't, like, I'm looking right now, but I don't have time to find the specific one where they have just random stats. And I'm mm-hmm. doing air quotes because they don't say where the stats come from and it's all uh, 
if they do say where they come from, it comes from inside their organization instead of an unbiased source. Like it says that Nat Pro technology is way more effective than IVF. Uh, like what? <laughs> so yeah, it's just, but it's, it's just that that idea of it's okay. It's just that idea of you don't want to just blindly follow anything a doctor says and only seek a treatment that's going to cover up the problem or give you like an immediate uh, relief of something. But you also don't want to dismiss medical science um, and treatments that you can that you need medically. In other words, you can't like you cannot pray away bad sperm. No. Like, so there's some somewhere in the middle we can find. And that's what we're saying. Like we constantly talk about being your best advocate and finding that balance between what your doctor recommends and suggests and then. What is right for you, the patient? And I mean, I'm all for tre- treating the root cause. We just talked about yeah, that as no, best I feel you like can. Do it going Nat Pro at first could be great. Like if you can get pregnant using that method, if everyone could get pregnant doing that, that would be so great. Right. But if you have blocked tubes, they're not going to help you. <laughs> like, right. If you unblock your tubes, it's like piercing an ear and not putting an earring in it. It's just going to close up again. Mm. I didn't and know that. Do what? I didn't know that. Yeah. Like if your tubes are blocked, like you can't usually you can't unblock them. Mm. Like you might have a month. Oh, maybe. Um usually the little fingers at the end are damaged. Mm. But anyway, we are getting way off topic. Yeah. <laughs> so back to a few fertility treatments for PCOS. Okay. So when you are actually trying to get pregnant, you definitely don't want to take birth control in case anybody was unaware. <laughs> yeah. Don't Birth do control is not what you need. Okay. But your doctor might prescribe something like Clomid, Clomiphene, um, or... Femera, which is letrozole. Um, and those are both um, drugs that help, supposedly help you ovulate more regularly. Correct? Yeah. <laughs> I've never <laughs> taken them. I don't, I don't have much experience with Clomid or yeah. letrozole. So there are some drugs that you can take and supplements that can help you ovulate. And instead of me trying to explain them, Sarah, I'm going to let our friend Mandy. So we have a new segment now called A Minute with Mandy, BSNRN. So she is. Yeah, that's a little jingle I just came up with on the fly. Mandy is our friend who is a registered nurse and she has a lot of experience in this. And she's going to explain these ovulation drugs. For PCOS. So now that we know what PCOS is, what can you do if you suspect you might be suffering from PCOS? Well, first, talk to your doctor about all your symptoms, even if you feel they are unrelated to trying to conceive. Blood tests can be done to check your hormonal levels and insulin levels. If insulin resistance is an issue for you, you may be referred to a specialist such as an endocrinologist who is trained and highly skilled in treating conditions of the endocrine system, such as insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. Reproductive endocrinologists, also known as fertility specialists, also treat women who are struggling with infertility due to PCOS. They will perform blood work and will monitor your cycles to confirm the diagnosis, at which point ovulation inducers may be prescribed, such as Clomid or Letrozole. These are often first-line drugs that are generally used first. However, if a patient has been unsuccessful for six months on these first-line defense ovulation inducers, then injectable medications are often prescribed which include Folistim, Gonal-F, Repronex, Brevel, Citrotide, and Menopure. 
Due to the increased risk of multiples, these are second-line defense medications. Metformin has also been widely used in women with PCOS to help decrease insulin resistance. Nutritional counseling and weight reduction is also encouraged in helping to control insulin resistance. Weight reduction may help ovulation to spontaneously occur more frequently and or help ovulation induction medication to be more effective. Acupuncture has also been used and many patients find the stress-reducing properties to be helpful in, in improving outcomes. PCOS may seem like an overwhelming diagnosis with no way out. However, if you find yourself struggling with PCOS, just know you aren't alone. Be your own best advocate, ask questions, and seek out proper care from qualified specialists. The good news is that with the right management, PCOS can be conquered and fertility can be achieved. Never, ever give up hope. This has been A Moment with Nurse Mandy. Okay, so she talked about uh, some of those drugs, and we'll probably get more into those in later episodes, just when we talk about, like, treatment and methods that your RE recommend, like, after you've got some of these diagnoses. So we're not going to get into all of them right now. But if you do have qu specific questions about them, write in, and we'll ask Mandy. And guess what? She will answer them. She's very reliable. <laughs> Send that to infertilemafia at gmail.com. Yes. Thank you, Sarah. Sarah, as we close our segment on PCOS, do you have anything uh, as someone who went through this herself, has it, do you have anything else like personal that you want to add? Uh, we actually forgot to say, talk about the ultrasound. Oh. I think. like <laughs> So they do a follicle count and it's a resting follicle count. So it's usually within the beginning of your cycle. Right. So they are looking for, what is it, at least 15 on each ovary? Your string of pearls. Well, like on my ovaries, there is 25 to 30 on each one. And wow. Um, yeah. My ovaries are bigger than average, which I didn't know. Right. So, which, which is, is but a that's thing another sign with PCOS. Yeah. But, okay, so I am, I am pregnant, which you guys probably know. Uh, my last ultrasound, the ultrasound tech said I had beautiful ovaries. Aww. I was like, no one's ever told me that. <laughs> so, I guess, That's you know, so nice. I like know. A, when a, a woman with PCOS is told she has beautiful ovaries. I was surprised. Hmm. It's like um, when the dorky girl at school took off her glasses and suddenly she was hot. I guess so. <laughs> Work uh, it, girl. I mean, maybe they were beautiful because she could see them easily on the ultrasound. <laughs> no, I, I think they were beautiful surprised. because they were beautiful. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure what a beautiful ovary looks like, but <laughs> there's that. My RE <laughs> said a similar, she told me I had a beautiful uterus one time during a frozen embryo transfer in a room full of like teaching doctors. Oh. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's great to hear, though, during a transfer. Oh, yeah. That is what. Yeah, exactly. It it it. Yeah. All you want is positivity in that. Or moment, to hear you sure. have a beautiful lining. Like that's yep. a great triple line. Absolutely. <laughs> that's good to hear. Out of the box. I'm in the mood to sing <laughs> lately. Today, I guess. Me too. I, like when we get done here, I'll probably go upstairs and play piano for a while. Ooh, maybe I'll go grab my guitar. There you go. Good call. <laughs> okay, so this out of the box, we're going to talk about our birthdays. Yeah, your birthday was yesterday. yesterday. April 30th, right? Yep, and you're supposed to 26th. And April 26th, which makes us both Taurus, Taurus right? Is, yes. Yeah. That's okay, right. so I looked up a horoscope for us <laughs> okay okay i'll read it let's see okay um this is so well i'll just read okay you wish you could concentrate on finishing one task before moving on to another 
but you're processing time strangely now. You understand that many things can occur simultaneously. However, you mistakenly assume that you're capable of juggling multiple streams of reality all at once. Reconsider the best use of your time today and apply yourself accordingly. It's better to have a few victories than none at all. <laughs> I guess that's true. And that's your horoscope for Taurus <laughs> for May 1st. Oh, okay. Um, so so it, it was saying to not try to do a bunch of stuff at once. Right. Which I feel like this is advice someone could give me for my entire life every day of the year. <laughs> I think everyone could use that advice. Yeah. So uh, we want everyone to know, because it says reconsider the best use of your time today and apply yourself accordingly. What are we doing we're talking to the infertile mafia. That's the best yeah. use of my time today. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have a happy birthday? Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Went shopping. We went to Alta. Then nice. we went out to eat for dinner. Got some beauty products. Yes. And Peter got me a Cricut maker. So I'm very excited about that. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. So what'd you do for your birthday? Oh, it was super low key. Bill made me dinner and then he took the the uh, babies on Saturday and kind of gave me the morning to myself, which was great. Oh, so that's nice. fun. Yeah. Did you happen to see that post I put on Instagram about um, on my personal one, not on the Infertile Mafia podcast about the YouTube comment? Oh, so, yeah. You told me about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Guys, can I? Yeah. I, so I, I will be honest. I turned 35, <laughs> which I felt, I don't know. This one was a little bit of a hard one for me. So on my birthday, I was feeling a little bit sorry for myself. Just a little. I'm like, I'm not going to sit in this space, but I'm going to like mope just a smidge today. And then I get this comment on my YouTube channel. This person says that I look so much older now than I <laughs> than I did before I had the twins. And I was like, oh, man, just nail right in the coffin. <laughs> I don't think you look that much different. I mean, I don't think you look older necessarily or anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I do look older, but whatever. I don't care. I just thought it was timely because it came the day after my birthday. Like, I oh, really don't think nice. you do, though. Like, you don't look any different than you did oh. before. Well, thanks, Sarah. I know She's I look older. A good friend will lie to your face. I really don't think you look older. <laughs> like, I think I look older after having Bjorn. I never get carded anymore. <laughs> Unless I'm with well, Peter. I'm not saying that for to fish for compliments. I just thought the timing of it was very funny. No, the funny. timing is. And then I yeah. saw their response. They're like, oh, sorry. I was just being honest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Like, cool. But it did get me to thinking, like, okay, yeah, getting old sucks, but it kind of doesn't suck. There's a lot of things about it that don't suck. And I don't, I won't get into all of it, but I definitely wouldn't trade 35 for 25 no so I'd, I'd rather get old than not get old true what do they say it's better than the alternative <laughs> <laughs> yeah um definitely yeah so anyway sarah happy birthday well happy birthday to you <laughs> all right we're gonna wrap it up all right so go ahead and <laughs> sorry oh okay so we're going to wrap it up. Join our closed Facebook group called the Infertile Mafia. Follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear lots of talk about eggs and balls and stuff. And in our next episode, we're going to dive into endometriosis. That's the second most common infertility diagnosis in women. And listen, if you have endo, I want to hear from you. Please send us an email. This is one that Sarah and I are not like super familiar with because it's not personal and we don't, neither one of us have it. And I want to 
read some personal stories and I want to hear from you guys about endometriosis. So that's where we're going um, next week. So send us an email or join our Facebook group and let us know about your experience with endometriosis. Endo seems so like the worst. I know it's the worst. I mean, we've already heard from some people and I'm actually um, a girl from our Facebook group. I'm going to share her story. That's really powerful. And she's actually now doing surrogacy. Um, and it, she has a really powerful story that I'm going to share with everybody next week. Um, but yeah, endo sucks. I mean, sucks. Yeah, so, it really seems like it's bad. Yeah, it's, yeah, not good. So we're here for all the uh, endometriosis battlers. And we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about you guys next week. So we hope everybody has a great week. And thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye. Bye.